Hello and welcome to another episode of That's What People Do, here from rainy England. How are you, Ryan McGowan, as always? Yeah, I'm good, I'm good. Um, I'm still soaked through to the bone, um, as it was. It didn't stop raining all night. No, we've had storms for the past two days. It's been it's been fun. The dogs haven't been enjoying it, but... <laughs> no, yeah. I've enjoyed it. I quite like the rain. No, I quite like rain. It's just been it's been very humid. I don't I don't do well in sticky heat. Yeah, Britain has this odd sort of weather system where it, when it when it's hot, it's hot, but it's uncomfortable hot. Mm. And when it's cold, it's cold. There's no in between. You can never just be comfortable. No, the the, the best season is spring. Yeah, absolutely. It's just a cool 19 degrees, I'd say. Mm. Just everyone have yeah, a good yeah, yeah. time. And yeah, it doesn't really yeah. rain. Anyway, enough about the small talk. Let's get on to the episode. Tell us your favourite weather system. <laughs> <laughs> so last week we did part two of Sir Francis Drake. Hope you enjoyed that. If you haven't listened to it, go and listen to it. I'd recommend part one first, so part two makes sense. But if you want to do it Star Wars style, <laughs> listen to part two, then part one. Whatever floats yeah. your boat. Um, today we're going to change it up a little bit. We're moving away from the historical figures and we're going to go more modern. We're going to 1976, so not too long ago. And this is a true crime story. We love a true crime story, don't we? We've Indeed, done it with Amanda yeah. Knox and uh, other murders and such things. And we're doing it again. Yeah. So this yeah, is... We've had, we've had quite a few um, nice comments about our documentary style um episodes where we talk about a particular documentary that we found on like on netflix or sky or something they like are that my favorite it. episodes to record i won't lie yeah yeah we, we've had quite a few nice words about it and we actually have one in the future coming up which james doesn't actually know about but i will tell him off air later on i, I, I don't have a clue <laughs> no uh, but yeah we have another one to come up in a couple of weeks oh exciting look forward to that i love a good documentary mm. But today, um, because I'm going to try and keep it, it's a, it's a very horrible story, but I'm going to try and keep it about the, the good in the world. So we're going to focus on Frank Edward Ray and his involvement in this and uh, it, the, his involvement in the Chowchilla kidnapping in America. Fucking hell. Yep, so kids are involved, so it's going to be a bumpy ride. Mm. So in Chowchilla in 17, fucking hell, in 1976, there we are. Children were on their way back from a swimming pool, which was part of a summer camp. The children's ages aged from 5 to 14, so they were little kids. Yeah. At around 4pm on July 16th, 1976, a van was parked in the middle of the road, and the bus stopped to see if everything was okay, thinking they'd just broken down. Three masked men with guns hijacked the Dairyland Elementary School bus, which was driven by Ed Ray, who I mentioned earlier. Mm. Frank Edward Ray was a trusted member of the community and he'd been a bus driver for decades. I'm pretty sure this is all he did. It's all he knew. He was right. just, he just, he, he he was very good at his job and all the parents knew him. He's like, you know, this when people are uncomfortable giving their children to a bus driver, yeah. you, you wouldn't have that with Frank. You'd know that he was you in trust hands. Ray. Yeah, you trust him. You trust him. He knew all of the kids by name. And some of them were even grandchildren of people he went to school with. Ah, oh, no way. Yeah, so he, he's stayed in this community and people know him, which is always nice. Mm. When the gunman boarded the bus, the youngest, uh, a young girl called Monica Ardery, seeing the gunman with a disguise over his head, innocently asked, Are you the Easter Bunny? <laughs> so he was wearing, like, I think it was pantyhose or something over his head, and he must have had some like something that resembled ears. 
Oh, so and... it would be like the the leg section of the tights on top uh, of his I head. I guess so, yeah. And yeah. and because she was five and had no idea what was going on, she wouldn't be aware of kidnapping, I don't think. She thought it was the Easter Bunny, which is so innocent and so heartbreaking. Yeah, that's awful, That man. someone's holding a gun to her head and she thinks it's the Easter Bunny. That's crazy, man. Our children are just so, like, unaware of things. Yeah, you lose that innocence, don't you? Oh, some people never do, but then it turns from innocence to ignorance, but anyway. Also, can we talk about the usage of tights over heads in history with crimes? It's, it's weird, isn't it? Because it doesn't look like it works, but it, but it, doesn't does. it, like, it distorts face, facial features. That's it, like, what it is. Crushes everything. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. Apparently that, like, so this tights are see-through, right? We know this. They just sort of t- tan everything up a little bit. Yeah. Um, And when you'd think a bank robber wearing tights over his head, well, I can see your face. But apparently, yeah, when asked to describe someone's facial features, they describe them inaccurately because your face is, like, squished up and looks mm. different and distorted. And that's as e- it's, it's as easy as that. Yeah, you don't need balaclavas, just rage your missus's drawer. Yeah, I, I couldn't do it. I, I hate the feel of tights. I cannot do it. it makes oh, me yeah, the horrible. Like, we both like uh, have come through an acting background. You've had to wear tights. Yeah, well, of course we have. We worked together in a place where we had to wear them. Yeah. There weren't really tights, were there? They were like long socks as well. Yeah, but I've like, had to wear tights, though. Yeah, we've all wore tights. The, the feeling is on the skin is not nice. I don't know how people do it regularly. Oh, and just the sound of it, right? You know how some people, like, oh, my skin is literally raised, like, hairs on my arm and raising, just think about it. You know, some people don't like, uh, you know, chalkboard, you scratch a yeah, chalkboard. Yeah, yeah. I get like that if someone scratches, like, tights and that noise, that fucking yeah, vinyl yeah, noise that about. comes from it. Oh, awful. Couldn't do it. I could yeah. not be a bank robber and use tights. I'd have to use something different. Wear, like, a balaclava or joker mask or something. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. The clown masks from Dark Knight. Yeah. So if ever... You expect suspect Ryan of robbing a bank. Just look to see if they're wearing tights. If they are, he was not involved. Mm. It wasn't me. So, this bus was taken to a secluded spot in between some bushes, and the children were then herded from the bus into two vans, and they were forced to jump from the bus into the van so they wouldn't leave any footprints on the ground, which I think is quite smart. That is smart from the criminals. But 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 there'd be tire marks from the van. Yeah, uh, we'll get on the cri- we'll get onto this. These criminals are uh, not the sharpest tools in the box because it say. seems to be that they've they've so they've driven the the bus full of children to a particular secluded area in the forest where they have a van waiting for them, and they've said to the kids, "Right, kids, you can't put your feet on the floor, otherwise I'll know we were here. So I need you to jump into the van." But then it's like, but there are tire tracks leading right to this moment here. I suppose footsteps can be traced as to like whose shoes they are, etc. But f- tires are kind of anyone could have driven there. Mm, I, I guess. Don't know. Yeah, maybe I don't know. What, well, what year was this again? Remind me, sorry. Seventy-six. Nineteen seventy-six. Mm. I'm sure there was a way then. Even cause I don't know if you ever watched like police programs with like cars and that. Um, they see like yeah. someone spun out. They can tell how fast your car was going by the skid marks that your tires might have left. Yeah, that's how insurance companies work as well. It's clever, isn't it? Yeah, there's some clever people in this world. It's a lot harder to commit crimes now than it was back in the day. Oh, yeah. Inside the vans, the kidnappers had constructed makeshift jail cells by installing wood panelling and like they'd painted the windows so they were black, so no one could see in or out. There was no air ventilation, food, water or toilets. Wow. 
The kidnappers drove around for nearly 12 hours as the children suffered inside the really hot vans. Uh, the children would be wetting themselves because obviously they'd be scared and there was 12 hours in a fucking van with Fuck no toilet. Hell. And also they'd be vomiting from motion sickness because obviously motion sickness works is when you, you feel that like the movement but your brain can't see the movement, if you get me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is why if you have motion sit, look out the window so your brain registers that you're moving with the movement. Yeah, that's right. It sounds to do with fluid in your ear. Yeah, it's it's bizarre. Like I don't really bubble. get it. I get it. So I get it like very rarely. But I, I've quite never. Lucky. I don't get. I don't get it. I'm one of those few who doesn't. No, no motion sickness. No seasickness. I don't get none of that. I've never. I don't. I don't really go on the sea, so I'm not sure about that. But long car journeys, I'm all right with. It's just my back fucking hurts, but that's just me getting old. Oh man, and kids, kids, are, you know when people joke about having the bladder of a child. Yeah. They're like, oh, fucking hell, go to the toilet again. You're like, really? Again? They go, oh, so I've got the bladder of a child. Like, that comes from somewhere genuine. Like, kids fucking piss and eat that toilet all the time. And they're yeah. stuck in a fucking 12-hour yeah. fucking cubicle in a van. Yeah. Man. Yeah, so it wouldn't smell nice in there either. Uh, the older children would sing songs such as If You're Happy and You Know It, Clap Your Hands and all that just to try and keep the little ones entertained oh, and to nice. keep the morale up. Because obviously the five-year-olds didn't have a fucking clue what was happening, but if you're 14, you can kind of grasp the situation. Yeah, that's you, so good. You know good. you're in trouble. That's so good that their instinct was to do that. Yeah, and obviously uh, Ed is there as well, would be joining in with keeping morale up. Mm. So finally, after uh, nearly 12 hours, the van stopped. And the kidnappers had taken them to a rock quarry, which is only, like, I say only, but it's only 100 miles away from Chowchilla where they got kidnapped. Mm. So they'd driven around for 12 hours, I th- I assume, to disorientate them so they wouldn't know where they were. Because uh, it doesn't take 12 hours to drive 100 miles. It takes about an hour, an hour and a bit. Yeah. that um, Yeah, that's weird. 12 hours. But they they can't be disorientating the kids. And like, or even the driver, because if there's no windows, no nothing, like it's not like you know, in Taken Three, where Liam Neeson's literally like counting. <laughs> have, you, have you seen? Yeah, counting. He's, like, he's the in the back of the van. That's it, and he's like, yeah, one, two, three, or oh, left turn, and then he's like, <laughs> he somehow manages to retrace his steps by doing that, and I find that weird. Um, they're not. Yeah, I'd lose count straight away. Yeah, they're not Liam Neeson in Taken. Like, so why else would they have driven no. to, to, for twelve hours? I honestly couldn't find answers. I, maybe they were setting up where they were taking them, but it was already set up. I don't know. But they drove them around for 12 hours. Yeah, that's bizarre. Uh, maybe in order to create panic. To be fair, that could make sense because where they put them isn't good to keep people for too long. So they, they probably wanted to uh, make the parents realise they were missing. Yeah, so uh, I'm sure you're going to get onto it. So how long after the actual initial abduction before people knew that they'd been taken? Uh, that they would have been known by now because the 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 uh, the bus had dropped a few kids off already and was going round to drop others off before it got uh kidnapped. Mm. So, so I, I imagine so yeah, within half an hour probably there'd be a parent going, "Where's yeah. where's this bus and where's the driver?" We know him. I think after half an hour the parents would be like, "Fucking hell, they're running late." And after an hour, that the panic would set in. Right, right, and and then the likely police are then patrolling like the route of the bus or whatever, and yeah. Yeah, yeah, mm. absolutely. And it had just vanished. So, bus driver Ed and the children were taken out of the van one by one. Uh, and as they were taken out of the van, they had to give their names and a piece of clothing. 
Well, they had to give them a, a piece odd. of their own clothing. Yeah, I think they just like ripped a bit off, perhaps. I'm, I'm not 100%, but they had to give them a piece of their own clothing. Weird. What? Um, Stasi. Fucking hell. Uh, and obviously, as they were getting taken out one by one, I think the older children and Ed assumed that they were being taken out one by one and killed. Oh, no. So so the older ones had to really comfort the little ones as they saw their friends just kind of disappear one by one. <sighs> However, they were being sent one by one into a hole in the ground uh, and they soon learned they were stuck inside uh, an old truck trailer that had been buried 12 feet underground. Mm. So they tried to stay calm um, in the hole. But they were in there for almost 12 hours uh, in the hole. There, w- there was like a makeshift toilet, which was just a, a fucking hole carved uh, in the side. And there was a lo- loaves of bread, some bottles of water and stuff. Not too much to live on, but enough to rejuvenate after the uh, van ride. Yeah. But after 12 hours, the conditions started to get worse. Um, obviously, the kids were completely disorientated. The food was running out. The water was running out. And Ed and uh, the older children realized they had to get out. Otherwise, they probably were going to die. Mm. So Ed and one of the older boys called Michael Marshall, who was 14, they uh, took turns. They got the mattresses that were in there. And they got some like wooden slats and stuff. And they piled them on top of each other so they could reach the roof. And they took it in turns to push open the heavy manhole, which had things on top of it to stop it being pushed open. Yeah. Um, this took a fucking long time. But eventually, they were able to do that. They managed to get that open. And then Michael had to begin digging through the dirt, which had been buried on top, uh, to get out into the open. Practically buried underground. Yeah, they were fully, completely buried. What the fuck? So after, so from start to finish, so from the moment the gunman entered the bus to the moment Michael managed to emerge from the top, it had been 28 hours. Wow. So Ed and the children, um, they all escaped one by one. This was taking some time as well. They managed to get them all out. And then they walked towards the uh, a rock quarry where they like workers were working and they were like, what the fuck? There's just this bloke with loads of children mm. who look like shit walking towards us. The police arrived, photos uh, were taken of the children as evidence, I would say. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the ki- the kids, and they were then taken to a local police station to be checked over and to be given uh, medical checks, etc. This took another four hours. And then, this is fucked up, this was really poor by the police, they were put onto another bus and made the journey home. Imagine being put onto a bus after your entire fucking... Life had just been turned upside down whilst on a bus. Been on a bus, yeah, like, that's going to trigger you, isn't it? But I suppose how else do you get home? Um, yeah, well, well, yeah, I suppose it'd be it's more cost-effective to stick them all on one big bus. And I suppose I'd maybe feel a bit more comfortable if I had police officers on board the bus as well. Yeah, yeah, I get Speaking you. Speaking of, um. When I was 18 years old, I was mugged, right? And I lost my wallet, my phone, keys, ID, everything, right? Um, and this was like three o'clock in the morning. I was walking home. And the police like popped over and they took statement and asked a few questions and all that sort of stuff. And then they said, would you mind, um, if, if you're okay with it, going back to like uh, where it happened 
to just sort of show us the area and talk us through it, walk us through it, all that sort of stuff. So I agreed and said, yeah, 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 okay, I'll do that. And we got there. And then, and then, <laughs> this is the bit that confused me. And I, I, was, I, I, was, I was only 18, I was getting home and I said to my mom, I was like, that's really weird. I, I really didn't feel they'd do that. Um, after like I talked them through it and all that sort of stuff, they went, brilliant, thank you very much for your help. Um, like, we'll see what we can do. Will you be okay walking home from here? They didn't even give you a lift home? No, they they were going to let me walk home from the scene of the crime at like five in the morning after I've just been mugged. Fucking hell, so you could have been mugged twice. Do you know what I mean? Like, what if I've just been mugged again on my way home? Like, (laughs) I've just been mugged from uh, whilst on my way home, walking home, right? I've been taken back to the place where I was mugged and then said, is it okay if I walk home on my own again at five in the morning? I went, no, would you mind taking me home, please, in the car? Like, that'd make me feel much better. And they went, oh, yeah, sure, okay, if you want. <laughs> I was like, sorry to put you out. <laughs> Fucking hell. Yeah, that, 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 should, that should be standard procedure. Shouldn't, it should, shouldn't it? Like, why was I made to feel then that, like, like I wasn't cared about enough? They never caught the bloke. No, I doubt they put much effort into catching him. To no, probably not. But yeah, is that the story you told me before, where he um you like managed to talk him out of it a little bit, and he just launched your phone at the wall? That's right, that's right. Have I mentioned it on the pod before? Um, I don't know if you. I think you mentioned it to me just like in line. All oh, right, yeah, no, uh, yeah, he managed to like nick most of the stuff off of me, including my phone, and I managed to like I, I was just coming home from an 18th birthday party, and I was quite inebriated. Um, and I managed to convince him to give me back my phone. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, that's really good going. Right, I know. I should be a diplomat. Yeah, or I'd, or I'd, fucking I'd sort Korea out. Mate, Korea right now, I'd sort it out in a heartbeat. What? North and South? North and South. I'd sort it all out. What? That's a big word. That's a... That's... I mean, if no, you could... All I need... All I need is five Budweiser's, <laughs> and apparently I'm the best diplomat in the world. That is really good going, though, managing to give him your phone back. Yeah. yeah. What did you say I mean, to him? Granted, Can you remember? Uh, no, I was just arguing with him so much that he had no choice. Um, <laughs> I mean, granted, yeah, I got my phone back, but he had launched it at a house, and it did break the phone. So I might be able to sort of career out, but there probably would be at least one bomb dropped. Yeah. Mm, I suppose in the grand scheme of things, that wouldn't be great. As they say, you you know you've got to crack a few eggs to make an omelette. Yeah, it depends what the eggs are, I guess, in this scenario. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh god. Anyway, back to the children being buried, please. Back to the children. Well, the children are no longer buried. Huzzah! That's right. So they'd been put on a bus and made to take the hundred mile back to Chow Chilla to be reunited with their parents. Where's Chowchilla? Oh, I, should, I should, probably should mention this. Chowchilla's in California, and they ended up in Livermore, oh. uh, where that's where they got buried, which is also in California. California's a big place. It is a huge place, and Chowchilla's a weird name. I quite like it. It sounds like somewhere you go on um, Red Dead Redemption. It does, doesn't it? Or it sounds like dog heaven. Chowchilla. It does sound like dog food. <laughs> yeah. Slightly yeah. spicy dog food. Oh, nice. I love spicy food. Do you like spicy dog food? Well, interestingly, rather tangentially, I might say, um, animal animal food is uh, readily available for human consumption. All of it, pretty much. 
Sorry. All all animal food, like you know, you got cans of dog meat or cans of dog uh, cat food, all that sort of stuff. Biscuit that you'll give your dogs treats. All of that is available to be eaten by humans. Like we are allowed, to, we can eat that, and it shouldn't cause us too much problems. And the whole reason being is that so you don't get fucktards coming in and eating it themselves and causing themselves to be sick. Um, so if for whatever reason some plonker um, starts eating dog food or like ate the biscuit of a dog, it's not going to make them sick. It should it should be fine for them. Um, so actually, you'll see quite a lot of preppers. Uh, which we have spoken about before on the pod briefly, you mm. know, in America, quite a few preppers have like tins of dog and cat food on the on the shelves for just in case, because they're saying the first thing that's going to go is all the tinned food, but no one's going to go for the cat food because not everyone knows you can eat it. I mean, I wouldn't eat my dog's food. It smells like shit. Oh, I think you might be buying the wrong stuff. Some of the food I feed my dog smells great. Oh, I, I can't. I, it makes me gag just the smell of it. Like any wet food, any wet food for dogs, cats, any animals. Like I hate. I also wet food can't is stand weird. fucking like, things like spam and corned beef. Any meat like that it. comes in a can, I I am not. I'm 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 completely against. I do like spam. I'll I'll accept fish in a can, tuna, like anchovies, anything like that. Cool, no worries. But any yeah, form of brine. like any form of mammal in a can is a solid no from me. So you wouldn't have um, Christmas dinner in a can? Why in the fuck would anyone in their right mind who could afford otherwise do that? America. Is, have you seen the whole chicken in a can? I haven't, no, but it sounds Google awful. it, and it looks fucking vile. Like, but, it's just chicken covered in jelly, but it's a whole fucking chicken. Oh, let me look it up. I've just Googled it right now. It, oh it, honestly, it makes Lord. me gag. What the fuck is that? Why is this a thing? Who who decided that a chicken needs to go in a can? Just fucking put it else. It pisses me off, man. I don't What's like weird spam. on the can, it's Sweet Sue. From the kitchens of Sweet Sue, canned whole chicken, home-style goodness, fully cooked. And it looks great on the can, but I've just seen what it looks like on the inside. And, oh, my God. Chicken is like... so accessible. It's probably the most accessible meat. Why are you getting it in a can? Oh, it looks awful. It looks really bad. This has been an argument that's been big in my family the last couple of days because they keep buying corned beef and it just, like, it makes me gag. I, I can't stand it. Corned beef don't come in tins, though, does it? Yeah, yeah, it comes in, comes in tins, cans, yeah. Oh, mm. oh okay. I don't like corned beef as it is. Um, I just, no. Anti-can. Mm. Anti-can. <laughs> but, oh, well, I'd be shit as a prepper. Yeah, you're not you're not willing to uh, go out of your comfort zone for food, eh? No, I'd starve, but I'd be alright. You couldn't do you couldn't do bear grills. I honestly think I'd rather drink my own piss than fucking eat something some of that. Mm, yeah, yeah. Um, what's this place called again? Chow, chow This place, Chowchilla. Chowchilla. Right, I need to remind remember that Chowchilla. Chowchilla. Yeah, it's a cool name. So. Back to the story after a rant about canned food. Obviously, after this crime, they needed to track down the currently at-large kidnappers. It would take almost two weeks to track them down, but investigators finally got them, and they were 24-year-old Frederick Newhall Woods. He was the son of the owner of the Wok, uh, the Wok, not the Wok, the Rock Quarry, where the kids <laughs> were buried. Right. So he knew the land. 
Uh, they also arrested his partner in a used car business, a man called James Schoenfeld. He was also 24. And his younger brother, Richard Schoenfeld. I say Schoen because it's pronounced, it's spelled S-C-H-O-E-N-F-E-L-D. Mm. And just the German spelling is Schoen. It might be Schoen, I don't know. But anyway, they were caught. Uh, the security guards had seen the three men digging in the quarry months before the kidnapping. But obviously because one of them was the son of the owner, they just thought, oh, fuck it. Like, yeah. he's probably do what he wants. When investigators executed a warrant to search the estate, they uh, found so much evidence. And this is where these criminals become the thickest criminals I think I've ever heard of. Because they literally had a document that said, plan. <laughs> they had their diabolical plan written down, like, step for step. Fucking idiots. And it, all this, this plan set out how they were going to do the kidnapping, what they'd do if something went wrong. Like, Why the fuck would you leave that just out and about, your diabolical plan? Yeah. Uh, another piece of evidence they found was a ransom note. The note was going to ask for 2.5 million for the children, but uh, they were actually asked for five. Um, but they were never <laughs> actually able to deliver the demand because when they tried to call, all the phone lines were jammed. Oh, is that probably because everyone's ringing the police? Yeah. Exactly that. So they never managed to get through. <laughs> Their plan just completely fell stick, apart. In front stick of them. with a ransom note and leave it on the bus. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Carl, we'd have done a better job. Yeah. Maybe, I was going to say we should try. We shouldn't try. That'd be bad. <laughs> I've got a picture like of all three of them. Uh, I assume they're sat in court or something. Yeah. yeah they're all so. sat next to each other, and you've got one with like the bowl, uh, the Bieber cut. Uh, yeah. The man in the middle wearing black, he looks a wee bit older, and the guy on the far end. Um, they can't have been, like, you know, short of a bob or two, though, being, like, quarry owners. No, they were, they were, they were all um, incredibly wealthy. They were born to very wealthy families. So what was the point? I'd fu- oh, who fucking knows? People are idiots. This is the thing we were talking about before the podcast. If you're born to wealth, you're fucking, you're a knob. You're an idiot. Most of the time, because you haven't had to work for anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Some Donald most, Trump, fucking yeah. case in point. Just fucking, here, yeah, have a shit ton of money. Yeah. Never yeah. You never have to learn anything in your life. Yeah, or, anyway. you know, um, Boris Johnson, unaware that, you know, children and families sometimes go hungry over the summer holidays when there's no support network such as a school. Exactly, and it takes a footballer to show him that. Yeah, it, it shows that when, like, what you want from your leaders is some sort of uh, understanding that they get you. Yeah. You know, I don't... There was someone, there was someone argued about something politics-wise, and they said, who would you want? Some fucking idiot from a council estate who's running your country and is not qualified enough to do so? Or do you want, like, an Eton, an, an, an Etonian um, uh, graduate running your mm. country? And I was like, well, what I'd really want is someone who understands me as a person like, and what I'm going through and, you know feels for me <laughs> that's what i want yeah the person from the council estate will know what it's like to live in hardship whereas the person that went to eton was just they're, they're born and bred to be elites Literally. i fucking hate eton have you ever been i have not i'm not no i haven't been inside obviously but i went i was in windsor and i went and stood outside and you could just fucking smell the tory coming off of it i'd get in so many scraps if i went there oh yeah yeah anyway so the kidnappers were all eventually sentenced to life with the possibility of parole. 
36 years after the kidnapping, Richard Schoenfeld was uh, granted parole in 2012. Three years later, his brother James was paroled. And Fred Woods, now 67. Uh, in fact, he might be a little bit older than that. He would now be 68, because that's when I got this article. 68, mm. he is the last kidnapper in uh, custody, and he got denied parole. And he is eligible again in five years' time. Hey, that shows how like serious people take it when you start going, committing crimes near kids. Absolutely, but I don't think these bastards should have ever been let out. They were held guns to kids' heads and like almost starved them to death. Yeah, they almost went full force of the law on them. Mm. Well, I think they if they if if any of the children had died, I think it would be a very different scenario. Yeah, I don't think California even at that time had um, uh, state execution, so I don't think there was much. No, they I could think have California. Done. Quite a liberal state, isn't it? Because didn't Charles Manson narrowly avoid the death penalty because they just outlawed it at that point? I think so. Oh, I'd have to. We'd have to go, go back, back to our Manson to episode. Yeah, yeah, he's he he didn't get killed. Um. So yeah, they were like, right. Well, if we can't kill you, we can at least put you away for a very long time. Yeah, and usually in America, life means life. Yeah. Whereas in England, life means oh, you might be out in five years. Oh no, I'm sorry. Usually in America, even being on bail means life. I mean, I've just been watching the Khalif Browder story on Netflix, mm. and that is absolutely fucking harrowing. I'm not, do you know is anything he the about it? Player? No, 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 no. He's uh, he was a young 16 year old boy who was uh, he was arrested on suspicion of stealing someone's backpack, which he didn't do, and he then ended up spending three years in Rikers Island, one of the most awful fucking prisons yes, in America. Yeah, yeah, I've heard of that. And um and, and he was only in there because they couldn't afford bail and he was on probation when they picked him up and because of that he was not allowed to leave Rikers. So it was an innocent man spending three years in one of the most violent prisons in America. It's an innocent fucking man. Awful, isn't an it? innocent man. And he was waiting for trial the whole time. Yeah, the justice system is so fucked up. How bad is that when you have a system that claims you are innocent until proven guilty, but yet until proven so, you will sit in a jail and rot? Yeah, That's it doesn't backwards. make sense. It doesn't does it? make sense. No, it, 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 it clashes somewhere there. I'm an innocent man until you prove otherwise. Okay, well, until I do that, you can sit in prison. What? This is the issue with um, like rich and poor people being incarcerated because a rich person will just have money thrown at that and be granted um parole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas if you don't have money, can't you can't. Because well, I think some people's paroles are set at like fucking a million, like eight hundred thousand, something like that. Well, um, it's ridiculous. Uh, bail for um the George Floyd murderer was like a million dollars, and he managed to get that. I'm sure some fucktard probably donated it. Probably. Yeah, yeah. And yet, if it was the other way around, you know, they, they would no not be able cares. to find it's... that funding. Yeah, which is why this movement at the minute is very important, because it addresses all these issues. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, Edward Ray, who I am going to name this episode after, or maybe I should call it the child chiller kidnapping, I don't know, I'll decide when it goes up on audio boom. <laughs> he became firm friends with the children uh, after all of this. And they would often come and visit him. He continued working as a school bus driver for 12 more years until 1988, when he then decided to retire. In May 2012, he passed away at the age of 91. Oh, good innings. Yeah, good innings. 
and in his final days, he received many visits from the children he helped save 35 years prior. That's nice. 35 I like that. Years. Yeah, so he, became, he he stayed in touch with majority of the children. Some of them are massively traumatised and still massively traumatised. There was a story of one of the um, young girls, who's now obviously a adult woman, she only recently could turn the nightlight off as she slept. Oh, um, some of them need, still need therapy dogs. Mm. Yeah, massively fucked them up for life. As it would, like, fuck me. What an ordeal. Especially it's for some of them such a young age. Yeah, five years old, but you wouldn't have a clue what was going on. You just know that it was well, horrendous. Yeah, so, like, I suppose maybe is that a blessing if you're that young that maybe you're not fully understanding what happened? But I suppose for, like, the teenagers, like, they thought they were going to die. Yeah, yeah, 100% thought they were going to die. Totally thought they were going to die, and they didn't, and they made it out. And, like, yeah, yeah I really like that. I like that some of them you know, started singing and, you know, trying to keep up the the um the spirits of the other ones. It reminds me yeah. it reminds me, um, I think it was two years ago when we had the London Bridge no, Westminster Bridge terror attack outside Houses yeah. of Parliament. With the Yep, yeah, I know what you're yeah, yeah. where the van drove onto the path. That's right, yeah. Um Along, yeah, the, for anyone who doesn't know, uh, two years ago, outside Palace of Westminster, there's Westminster Bridge that takes you from uh, Westminster to Southwark. Um, and on the other side of the bridge is County Hall, the building which me and James used to work at, at the London Dungeons, as mm-hmm. um, a, a, a van or a bloke in a, in a vehicle was just caning it down the bridge and then drove along the pathway to basically just try and run over as many people as he could. And some people got hit. Some people fell in off the bridge into the Thames, and some, I think at least one person passed away there. And then he went on and to the actual houses of Westminster where our MPs sit and debate and whatnot. And then he was—that's uh, where he is. That—that's where he killed PC Keith Palmer, isn't it? Yeah, a policeman tried to. Um, I think he did. He he saved many lives because he went and tackled him yeah and unfortunately he died losing his life um uh, and so and then and then the guy was caught and you know all that right but so at the time uh were you working at the dungeon at that point no i joined just after so okay so um what happened we went into lockdown so like um being in being in that in in central center of london like that it's called like a prime hotspot for terrorism so everyone's generally on high alert and they've got a lot of um routines uh, that, that play out if a terrorist incident happens and so what happened um was the terrorist incident played out the building gets locked down the shutters come down the doors get locked and everyone all the guests all the performers all the staff everyone has to sort of move down and into the building as far away from the doors as possible so that um if anyone was to ever come in then like it takes a while for them to get around all sort of stuff um and i remember we we're all in lockdown and um i was sat there uh, in the Jack the Ripper Mike Square area on my phone watching what was happening on the BBC live news feed and um, we'd heard stories as well because next door the attraction is Shrek's Adventure um, and it turns out quite a lot of the performers who are playing like Princess Fiona or um, the Muffin Man or any of the princesses from the Shrek franchise were staying in character for all of the young children that would been going around on the tour 
and they were doing shows and improvised sections for them. They were getting them sweets, getting them treats, doing singing, dancing, doing all these things just to help the kids like keep their spirits and morale up in case they ever got worried or things like that. And yeah, it, I like that even in like desperate moments where like we didn't know what was going to happen. But like some people, you know, they go on above and beyond at that point. It just sort of some for some people, it's an instinct. It kicks in. Yeah, very nice of them. You didn't stay in character to Jack the Ripper, no? Uh, no, I was actually, one, I was on my lunch break, and two, I, was, um, uh, I wasn't I was in a show or anything at that time, so I didn't have an audience with me, so I was sat with the rest of the performers who were on a lunch break, sat separately. Right, okay. But I did I did do as much of my part as possible. Like, if, uh, I did go and help do, like, uh, toilet runs, so, like, obviously... You know, there's the toilets are like a bit of a bit of a maze getting around the building. So we'd like take yeah. so many guests at a time to the toilet and say, you know, come meet me back out here in a couple of minutes or whatever. And then we're just doing that. But that was about it. That's nice. Obviously, it's a horrible situation, but yeah, nice that people went above and beyond to help. Yeah, out. I like that. I like the stories when people sort of just, you know, they 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 think about others. Yeah, I think I think I joined literally a month after. I think. Yeah, because I think it happened in, like, February. Yeah, I joined in February. Right, yeah, so very soon. Because when I came, because obviously I'd just moved to London, and then uh, at that point, the bridge, there was there's now loads of things on the path, like bollards and stuff, which a car cannot fucking get onto the path yeah, anymore. Yeah, big metal bollards. Yeah. But last bit of good news about uh, the Chowchilla kidnapping. In 2015, a park in Chowchilla was named Ed Ray Park in his honour. Oh, that's really good. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Man of the community helped save many lives, keeping morale up. Good, good, good bloke. Good bloke. Mm. Oh, I like that. Obviously, two of the kidnappers are now out and about in the world. Yeah, that's crazy. They can't surely live around the Chowchilla area. You'd hope not, wouldn't you? Actually, no, they don't, because their quarry was about hundred mile away, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, still in California, but yeah, hundred miles away. But I, I imagine there's some sort of like areas they can and can't go. Mm. Yeah, probably. I cannot understand at all why they would try and even do it because if it's for ransom, they didn't. They were all incredibly rich people already. So what? I I really cannot understand their motive at all. I can't fathom it. No, neither can I. Just opportunities, I guess. Fucking morons is what they were. Oh yeah, absolute bumblebutts. Yeah, especially leaving a fucking diabolical plan <laughs> yeah. lying around. Yeah, m- my plan. <laughs> fucking idiots. Anyway, yep, that was the child chiller kidnapping, and that was uh, Frank Edward Ray. Well, top yeah, vote. thank you, Frank Edward Ray. Thank you all the kids as well who like stayed positive and helped out with morale and stuff like that. Like, it that really is something special that some people have. Some people aren't, like, and that's not a bad thing. Like, some people just aren't built that way. Like, you know, their fight and flight op- uh, thing kicks in. And some people would rather just you know, run. If they can't run, they, they close down and shut off. Some people, they're the fighters. and But if they can't, if they don't have the opportunity to fight, it maybe gets channeled in another way. And they try and help people instead. And, yeah, they put themselves in danger sometimes. I like those people. Well done to you people. Yeah. Kudos. So, I know who we've got next week, Ryan, but who have we got next week? Next week, uh, we are going to be talking about uh, Sir Winston Churchill, one of the most famous Britons to have ever existed. And, um, yeah, that it, 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 
Next week's episode is a reactionary episode. We generally don't do, well, I don't think we actually have ever done a reactionary podcast, i.e. something's happened, therefore we talk about a particular person. Like, you know, we, we just do people that we find who are interesting and we want to talk about that person. Um, however, as you will have known after the last two episodes with Sir Francis Drake, there's a lot going on in the world at the moment and there are a lot of statues that are at risk of being torn down. One of those is Sir Winston Churchill's, which stands outside the Houses of Parliament in Parliament Square. Um, his history is marred with racist tones and deaths of many, many people, and yet it comes with the winning of World War II. Uh, so Churchill is a person who has sort of like a yin and a yang to him. There's two sides to him that people like to argue about all the time. But it tends to be, particularly if you live in Britain or in England, you only ever hear one side of this person. So I wanted to do an episode where we can talk about both aspects of the person and try and get a more 3D look of this man rather than, um, you know, a pop culture version of him which just celebrates one particular moment of his life. Very good. I look forward to it. It's probably going to be a... A double par. It's definitely going to be at least a two-parter, everyone. So if you if you really don't want to know about Winston Churchill, I suggest you come back in a couple of weeks. But um, <laughs> yeah, it's it's going to be a big one. I look forward to it. Lots to say. Yeah. All right then. Um, thanks for that episode and bringing us the the information that is required. Um, make sure you hit us up on all the social media please um follow us on instagram that's what people do podcast follow us on uh, facebook at that's wpd you can find us on twitter using the same handle at that's wpd or if you have any suggestions for anyone you'd like us to talk about um send them to well any of our social media platforms we'll always contact you back or if you want to you can send us an email at that's what people do podcast at gmail.com i think that is everything i think it is uh, uh was the british podcast awards i have not yet heard back anything that i'm going to look into that and see when that's due because that's due soon oh yeah i forgot about that um one. no so did i uh if you have voted for us thank you very much uh if you haven't um we're gonna not talk about it um oh also yes that's what i was gonna bring up if you could just take the time to maybe uh, drop us a little review or a quick rating on whichever podcast platform it is you listen to. Um, I'm, I know Spotify or other places you can't do it, but I know on iTunes, if you are listening through Apple Podcasts and the like, um, you can drop us you know, maybe a little five-star rating um, or even any sort of star rating. It gets us known. Um, and yeah, if you fancy dropping us a little review, all helps to grow the podcast and get it out to a more wider audience. Um, so yeah the more you guys talk about us the more we can try and get it out there and we can get more and more listeners and we can grow the community and we can bring you we can bring cool stories to more and more people so yeah we'd really appreciate if you could do that guys um we really appreciate you listening every week and next week we'll talk about winston churchill any more words james uh, no i think you've covered everything that needs covering brilliant in that case it's goodbye from me and farewell farewell